one day we're going to get this shit down and be real adults. <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that enough dead air? Sure. <laughs> Say the thing. Say the thing. <laughs> Say the thing. I'm leaving all of this in. Hey. Hey. You guys. <laughs> Welcome to the ninth episode of Sweet Tea and D&D. We're going to talk about the monsters and personal stories of Dungeons and Dragons, all while drinking the nectar of the gods. Monsters, personal stories. That'd be great. Monsters, personal. <laughs> Hi. What was the name of that monster I had in, um, what was his name? Mm, you know, he was practicing in the mirror. Oh, oh, oh. Terry? No, it was like, duh, it was like D. Um, oh, God. Dwayne? Oh, God. Keep going. I'll all think right, of it. I'll talk about that in a bit. So, um. So, <laughs> he was my favorite enemy he was I ever so made. Cool. Yeah. Today I'm going to talk about Grimlocks, which can be pound. They can be pounded. Jesus. I mean, uh, they. You. They are humans. Uh, technically. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so once they've been pounded, they can be founded on page 175 of the Monster Manual. <laughs> <laughs> they first appeared in the Fiend Folio for first edition. I wasn't listening. What the hell are we talking about? Grimlocks. Grimlock. Yeah. Okay. They are based off of H.G. Wells Morlocks. That is one racist motherfucker, if I'm going to bring that in. H.G. Wells, so racist. I don't know. I don't oh, know who that is. so racist. His cat's name was the N-word. <laughs> yeah. That's not funny. <laughs> not at all. Because he was. <laughs> Sorry, guys, that's nervous laughter. That's not like <laughs> actual laughter. <laughs> like, holy cow, who, who does that? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so. Can you imagine if you lost your cat? <laughs> oh, and you're no. outside looking for it. Here. No. <laughs> yeah, look at his oh stories. God. Every single one of the villains or people who are not acting properly are not white. Oh. And if they are white, they're in some weird interracial relationship, so therefore Why they are unclean. Why you gotta be so rude? He was so <laughs> racist. So, uh, I'm gonna give this physical description, which Jamie is gonna attempt to draw. And, um, let's see. Grimlocks are humanoid creatures. Oh, by the way, you can find these drawings on our Instagram as well as our Twitter, because we link all those together. Cause and Facebook. And Facebook, which... Search us on Facebook, Sweet Tea and D&D. Is it all one word or not? Uh, it's all separate words. It's all separate words. Also, we're all separate words on Spotify, too, just in case that comes up. Yeah, I just had to tell somebody Whoops. that because I wasn't doing it right. Mm-hmm. So, Grimlocks are humanoid creatures and have slightly scaled gray skin that was usually scarred from hunts through constricted passageways. Centuries of living in darkness left their entire species blind and vulnerable to light. Perhaps the most striking feature of a Grimlock was the complete absence of eyes or eye sockets. Blank skin stretches across the upper face, giving Grimlocks a shadowed mask visage. It is the gray skin creature. Oh, so the best description I can give you from the book, they have wide gaping mouths, but to cover that when they close their mouths, they have the most glorious double chin. Like it's like gout swollen double chin. Like he's smuggling. Kind of like a frog. Yeah. Like a bellowing frog. Or Mr. Goiter. (laughs) Mr. Goiter. That's what I couldn't think of. I was like... I actually, you can search my history. Famous double chins is now in it, and I hate myself for it. <laughs> Take that, big brother. <laughs> Famous double chins. Have a good night, NSA. Uh, so, so for their kind of background, they are debased cultists. And again, I'm following this track pattern of 
These are all servants of mind flayers to the point where these guys were actually um, servants to the point where they started their own cult for mind flayers. The mind flayers invaded human races, priests, and started forcing them to do weird cultish practices so that they could start worshiping mind flayers. Um, and in a lot of mind flayer history, whenever there's a collapse of their society, so say they're no longer worshipped, something failed, they were caught, it starts a war between all of the cults. In fear, these guys actually fled to the Underdark, which is where they've remained for most of the time. And in doing so, they've lost their vision because they don't need it anymore. So they rely heavily on uh, hearing and smell for their vision. Uh, they are considered blind hunters. So they if you make a footfall, they hear you or smell you in a cave, they're going to be able to find you. Uh, they have a very high sense of to survive underground. Uh, the smell of sweat, flesh, and blood awakens their hunger, and they can track you like a bloodhound, which means they have keen senses for um, smelling. Smell. I keep saying keen senses of smelling. I will eventually learn the word. Um, however, because they have no eyes, they cannot be fooled by illusions or misperceptions and are fearless when it stalks its prey. So these uh, creatures have great hearing. It can speak in low tones that most humans cannot hear, which I spelled H-E-R-E because I'm an idiot. Uh, they smell of, the smell of sweat, flesh, and blood fools them, or sorry, awakens their hunger and they can track you like a blood hunter. Uh, without vision, it cannot be fooled by illusions or misperceptions and it is fearless when it stalks prey. They also like to leave smelly piles of dung and blood so that when their prey passes it, they smell like it and waft it through their cave systems, making them easier to track. Uh, they also serve mind flayers to this day, which is why I'm talking about them. <laughs> to this day. To this day. <laughs> Terry the Grimlock loves to serve the Mind Flayers. So uh, they do recall the war that drove them underground, and to them it hasn't truly ended yet. So they continue to return to the surface world to abduct captives for their Illithid Masters to be used in gross, gross rituals. So for the stats, they are medium humanoid, neutral evil creatures. They have an armor class of 11, uh, an HP of 11, or a max of 18. Their speed is 30. They have a plus 3 to strength. They're like... Kenny St- Lenny strength from of my Simon. plus three strength. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> Too dark. Nah. Uh, plus one to Dex. Plus one to Con. Minus one to Intelligence. Minus one to Wisdom. And negative two to Charisma. They're not pretty. Um, they are not proficient in any saves. They have a plus five to Athletics. Plus four to Perception. And a plus three to Stealth. They are blinded. It is a condition listed in the book at all times. They are considered blinded. However, they have blind, sup, blind sight up to 30 feet unless they have been deafened, which they only have blind sight up to 10 feet because that's as far as they can smell you, I guess. Uh, anything beyond this radius, however, they are considered blind and cannot sense. They have a passive perception of 13. They speak under common and have a challenge rating of one fourth. Um, so blind sense is what they're using to detect their enemies. Uh, they are unable to use blind sight while deafened and unable to smell. Keen hearing and smell as gives them advantage on these perception checks. And then lastly, they have stone camouflage, which is advantage on I'm running out of postcards and you're killing me now. Index cards. There are these things. They're called stores. I don't like going they have these. Is- salty. <laughs> 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 lastly, they have stone camouflage. They- yeah. Keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> Lastly, they have stone camouflage, which gives them advantage on dexterity checks made to hide in rocky terrain. Their actions include spiked bone club. 
Why are you being so forceful about it? Spiked Bone Club. They have a plus five to hit. They do 1d4 plus three bludgeoning damage and an additional 1d4 piercing damage from, you know, the bones. <laughs> what if you get an infection from that? How bad would that be? Did y'all hear about the lady who died from the um, neti pot? Amoeba? Yeah, she had the brain-eating amoeba in her neti pot. Dead. Oh, God. Yeah. Fun, right? Sorry, lady. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry. I'm so sympathetic. That's why I don't use neti pots. Is So, as for tactics, these guys are not intelligent, given that they have a, I think, a negative two? Yeah, negative one to intelligence and negative one to wisdom. So, um, they are mainly there to serve their masters. So, what they're going to do is just collect bodies for their fun little illithid masters. Uh, one thing to remember, though, is that the illithids generally use the bodies for the brains. So, once they're finished with the brains, the illithids commonly just give them the corpses to snack on. So, fun. That's like your meal prep for the week. Uh, so... That's how I kind of imagine it. They're going to try to kidnap people and take them. Hopefully not killing them so that they can use their brain for sick, sick, twisted things. Um, I like the idea of them killing a part or taking a party member. And then that party member maybe is taken without the others knowing. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then the illithids might turn them into intellect devour thralls. And then I think it would be fun if the um, Grimlocks were upset because they didn't get a free meal out of it. Because if it's a thrall... That means the body is still used. I'm sorry. It looks like you drew boobs on it. <laughs> it does kind of have boobs on it. <laughs> it does have boobs. But it's a man. Yeah. So his man boobs. So uh, I believe we're ready for yours. Cool. Awesome sauce. I did centaurs. Oh, I got to draw a centaur. Yeah, you do. Fuck off. It's the door. Check episode eight for that one. Um, <laughs> so centaurs, as everyone listening should know, <laughs> are a half horse, half human hybrid, which I'm very interested to know the beginnings of. It was one lonely night at the farm and then the world changed forever. <laughs> so hand me that. that. Bookity book book. It's a thing. The oh, thing of on. knowledge. I have to give you that uncomfortable silence while I pass you this book. Thanks, episode seven. It's a great episode, guys. Y'all should go check it out. <laughs> we are really friends. We don't act like it, but we do like each other. <laughs> yeah. So centaurs are a large monstrosity. They're neutral good. Um, they're nomads. You can generally find them roaming the countryside by the hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you gotta start with that story right now, because okay. I don't think they listen. Okay. okay, so it doesn't matter if they listened. It was, it was, she was a new DM, and she needed to do something to keep us on the right track, and that's what she came up with. I, no shame. You gotta do what you gotta do. Um, we were playing a game with some friends of ours, and the DM was a new brand spanking new DM, and I don't remember what we were doing or what like we campaign we were doing. The plot is what we were doing. Well, I don't remember um, like if we were playing a, a pre-written or if she did a homebrew. Okay. So she was doing a homebrew and it was either do we cross the river and go this way or do we go up to the mountain and go the other way? 
and we tried to go across the river, and apparently that was the wrong choice. <laughs> that was leading to some backstory information, and we were missing a player for a while. Whatever. It, we, we decided to go that way, and that's not where she wanted us to go. So to get us going the right way, she was like, oh, you see some t- centaurs come through, and they look aggressive. And we're like, fuck it, we're going to go kill them. <laughs> we'll just keep going this way if they bother us. And then she's like... 300 centaurs come through. 300 centaurs. And... They were like a plague on the land, is how I picture it. They're just crossing the plains and eating everything in the sky. <laughs> it's like when you see a whole flock of birds in the sky. Fucking birds. And they make shapes kind of in the sky as they all fly around. That's how the centaurs were across the plains, as they were coming at us very aggressively. <laughs> uh, but that's what she used to kind of keep us going on the track that she needed us to go on. And... Hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do sometimes to make your players gotta, do. That's our common joke. Sometimes you got to throw 300 centaurs. And so it, it's like a, a thing now. We say that if it's ever a time you have to pull something out of your butt and, and it sounds weird and you just roll with it. It's like, oh, 300, it, 300 centaurs <laughs> appear. And it's a, it's a fun story. It was a good, it was a, she did a good job other than like, 300 centaurs. <laughs> the 300 centaurs. It was very. Ancient red dragon. Actually, speaking of ancient dragons and that oh, one. Oh gosh, as well, we'll never finish. Yeah, well, I hope you my never want to hear about centaurs. <laughs> Hold Only on. I can't draw centaurs. Carry on. Sorry. Okay. Also, so- I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this centaur's legs and arm is in the wrong. Fucked up chicken leg. <laughs> Leave this centaur alone. I can't wait to see what it looks you like. You might want to. So, centaurs from the Monster Manual, page 38, by the way. <laughs> um, their natural armor class is 12. They have 45 hit points. A, fee- a speed of 50, because they be 50. horses. <laughs> they, be- <laughs> they be horses. <laughs> Here said, they be horses. <laughs> I said horses when you interrupted me. Um, so, they're really good at their strength. That's their highest, uh, followed by Dex and Con. Um, Wisdom, Charisma, Intelligence. Are all pretty average. Um, they're really good at the athletics. The picture of this centaur in the monster manual, I never would have built a centaur like this. I don't know why, but I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't put it together that way. I'm not that creative. Anywho, um, they speak Elvish and Sylvan. Uh, their passive perception is 13. There is CR2. Um, one of their things is charge, which a lot of monsters have. If they, they come at you in a straight line uh, for 30 feet and it hits with a pike attack on the same turn. The target takes an extra 10 or 3d6 piercing damage as a multi attack where it attacks with its hooves once and a longbow shot or two longbow shots. Um, the longbow, just like any person who uses a longbow, uh, it's plus four to hit and then it does six damage. It can use its hooves as a melee attack with a plus six and can do 11 damage. And then a pike that it's uh, preset to have is a plus six to hit and then does nine damage. There are nomads, so you will find them wandering the plains, but probably not in groups of 300. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it does say, one thing it does mention is that they're nomadic to the point that they will not cover the same ground for a few years. So they will just go and go and go and go and go and then turn around and come back, but it takes years and years to do so. So that's how nomadic they truly are. It also says that um, centaurs who can't keep up, 
just get left behind. So if you're the weak one in the group, then you get left. And those centaurs usually settle down and become like psychics. And no, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just imagined a horse human at a table going, I will read your palm. Do you remember in Harry Potter, the centaur, he became the divination teacher? Um, <laughs> and it was a thing, like, that's what they're good at, even in D&D lore. Don't look at me that way. And I don't, I never thought of using a centaur as someone to kind of read the future, read the stars, give you kind of advice like that, um, in the D&D world. They're also playable characters now. They are in D and D Beyond, Rav- yeah. Ravinica, is that where they came out in? Yep. And what? The guild, the Ravinica. Ravinica. Is new that book, the is guide that... to Ravinica or something like that? Oh yeah, that just came out, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Which them. is weird. They're the ones who got left behind. No, because that's what it. Don't. Why did you do that? You I don't thought you were making like a left speak. behind joke. I don't. Okay. Cool. But there's so there's smaller horses. Aren't those considered large creatures? Yeah, these yeah. are large, but the ones who are runts or can't keep up with everybody else, oh. they get left behind. So they have to go to a town or something, and they can't be a nomad because they can't keep up with the That's herd. That's true. That is so sad. <laughs> but yeah, it's. A I thing. can't wait till Harmart makes a movie about a sad centaur that only a single girl can ride and save in a big race. It's every horse movie ever. Or, I just summarized every horse movie for you. You never have to watch another horse movie again. Or it can be a centaur and a person, and they make a human baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be covered in tea by the end of this because he keeps spitting back into his cup and still drinking it, you disgusting thing. You really Have fun I with your fun. snot tea. <laughs> I mean, you gotta just roll the dice. Ha ha! <laughs> Spin a wheel. Horse head, horse baby, okay. horse. Baby. That's all I got on oh, centaurs. There's so much lore on centaurs. I wasn't even gonna look it up, mostly because this is very last minute for me. Shh, don't tell anybody. Um, but there's so much centaurs have been around forever. They're in every single lore everywhere ever. They're in Narnia. Are the centaurs in Lord of the Rings? Uh, I don't say they are. no, no, no they're not. I haven't watched Lord of the Rings in a while. Or read the books. How dare you? Um, <laughs> what are you, J.R. Like Tolkien? <laughs> but there's, um, in our books that we read, the Reardon, he has centaurs. He does. They're the party ponies. The- well, not just the party ponies, but the guy at the camp. He's a centaur. Uh, Chiron. Chiron. He's, and Trainer he's all, the he does all the star stuff too. Yeah. When mm-hmm. the stars went bad, he left for a bit. What does this say? With the natural cat cavalry? Yeah. It's pretty interesting to play the Oh, okay. On D&D Beyond, as uh, Garrett, our producer, shows me, it says, Natural Calvary, you may serve as a mount for a single creature, your size or smaller. When you do so, you always act independently of your rider. You also count as mounted at all times for the purpose of equipment. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was for. <laughs> all right. That's everything I got on Centaurs. <laughs> All right. Do you want to show me your your centaur? Chicken wine. <laughs> I tried to fix it. Okay, so this comes from the internet. And I have to say, I, I don't know the artist. I'm going to see if I can find it. I can't. But you have to think of, like, when horses are born, foals can immediately start walking. Like, that's the, they're special. They can do that. Human babies can't. They can't even hold up their own heads. 
So I want you to picture this baby running across the fields. (laughs) Why did you give it tits? It has the... Well, no, you... I'm still stuck on the baby horse. (laughs) There's a thing. I think it is from Tumblr where someone drew that out and did the thing. Yeah, that. That right there. Exactly. (laughs) So what I did, if you want to see this, uh, or you could also just look at my picture but if you google centaur babies uh it normally shows up it's the trouble with centaur babies we'll post it on our yeah, our we'll, stuff we'll um <laughs> yours looks more bare than human and has the biggest it's, well you said it had it had really good hearing so i gave it big, big ears. ears yep that makes uh sense. no eyes big old nostrils no eyes, yeah, and three teeth <laughs> Two tits. <laughs> well, when you said it was gross and slimy, I, I imagine. I never it said being... it was slimy. This is one of the one creatures well, I haven't said is slimy. It, well, it, you said it tracked its poo everywhere, right? Yeah. But yeah. I mean... Guys who track their poo everywhere, they have weird sacking titties. So. <laughs> do you speak from experience? With I, that? Do. <laughs> I do. I <laughs> do. He tracks his poo everywhere. It's Look none of your business about my personal titties. life. <laughs> He needs to calm the calamity that is his mammaries. <laughs> it looks like you're, it looks like a centaur, like that is Deadpool and got the human part chopped yeah. off and is regenerating. Let me hold it with my tiny Because it has no neck. It has no neck. <laughs> because I put its arm where its neck goes. You did really good on the horse part, though. Right? Yeah, I think so. I like oh, it. Oh, no. Baby centaur, do, 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 do. <laughs> Oh God, that's God, disturbing. That baby centaur dude. Baby centaur just running across the plane. Is there an ASL sign for centaur? No. Damn, we need. I, th- I mean, I, I say that. Here's a good point. This can be our question for the day if we want to. So, I, my profession is an ASL interpreter. I have been looking for deaf players because I imagine. It takes a whole heck of a lot to do a game in sign language because there's just so much to describe and the characters are so different and vast and you have to describe them and and, and all that other type of stuff. And I also have one of my kids who wants to do Dungeons and Dragons and I'm like, holy crap, that's really intimidating because it's a lot of signs to come up with. And I also have a girlfriend who has um, polyhedral dice for the blind. So oh, they have Braille on them. That's awesome. I wonder if that affects their outcome of the role. Well, they're bigger. Sorry. Oh, they're they're big. They're bigger, and I think they're silicone. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, they're bigger dice, and they have uh, the numbers are in braille on them. And so, I don't know. I've been looking for someone to try and get some knowledge from about. Let me know how you make this work if you do this with anyone who is um, deaf or blind. We actually got (laughs) our second contact from a fan slash friend that we kind of begged to talk to us. Uh, (laughs) Please. I need a girlfriend. Please email me or, you know, just text. So So what are you doing? Are you you busy? (laughs) I haven't heard from you recently. I hope you're doing well. I'm sorry. Uh, Can you send me an email? So, we asked them to comment and so in order to preface (laughs) this, I'm going to give you one of my favorite stories about them. Oh, is it is it the love potion story? No. It's about the best nail in the world. Oh, God. Uh, so, 
A friend of ours who listens to the podcast comes up with the craziest backstories sometimes, and I probably mixed up a few of the details, so I'm sorry. But it's not. It's still funny. So, uh, it started off with the party chasing a Rakshasa caster who has trapped his... Uh, who had Rakshasa! Who had trapped his underground lair. Uh, this just happened to lead to a boulder trap that the party barely, party barely dodged and ended up rolling down a hill across a pit of lava only to just smash into the other side and then start to sink. Um, the party, as like the players, spent 25 minutes arguing about how to cross the lava. Maybe longer. Uh, they quickly found out that the runes above were anti-magic and they could not fly unless they had physical wings, which there was a member of the party who was an air cocker at the time, but he had the lowest strength score and could not hold anybody up. So, in order to combat this, they were trying to find a way across this lava pit, which that's a whole other story of how that whole thing works. But uh, in this friend's backstory, uh, they had a very kind of low intelligence brute of a character. He stated that his trinkets included a bag of nails. His goal was to find the best nail in the world for himself and I think his mentor. You might be able to contribute more on that. I don't remember. He loved his nail collection and decided that small nails were the, this bag of nails were his salvation. So with a few checks, he tried to drive the nails into the wall over and over to climb across it and use them as handholds or footholds to get to the safety area kind of partway across the um, lava pit. So he failed spectacularly at one point and just straight up fell in the lava, which kind of triggered the trap, but also kind of sorted out how the trap actually worked, which is a whole nother story that I'll go into later. But yeah, he was looking for the best nail in the world. And it just so happened that one of the other players at the table just kind of crumbled, like took his backstory and just smashed it into little pieces right there, which was like, Oh, what you're actually talking about is they're trying to find the best person to screw. And so he was just like, (gasps) Or to have sex or with. Or to have him. sex with. I don't know why I'm censoring myself. He wanted to fuck. And so that was what his mentor or his own backstory was, that he was trying to find the best person to sleep with. So with his world crumbling around him, he decided to drive these nails into the wall with lots of dexterous checks. He actually dragged the monk with him, and the monk fell in the lava as well. It was glorious. So uh, we appreciate you listening. And for that, we're going to look at your email that you sent us. So, this is kind of your comments from, I believe, episode five and six, uh, which the response was, hags are the fucking worst. From now on, I choose to avoid them, and I don't try to save anyone's kids. Uh, he prefers to play chaotic neutral characters, uh, and he no longer throws around love potions, nilly-willy, which I've never seen anybody reverse those words, but I dig it. Um, he also mentions portals, like the ones from The Incredibles. Someone said that there were two. I couldn't stop thinking about this. Wouldn't it be a single portal? And I believe he's talking about the boggle portals I was mentioning in the other episode. And the way I described it is they would reach into a frame and a portal would appear elsewhere. And so there is that link between the two. It's similar to like the teleportation spell. There's two doors that open. You can look through it and step through it. Um, the last one is uh, the four monsters that you mentioned in previous episodes included an aboleth, a ghost, a banshee, and an intellect devourer. They are all anti-Ghostbusters, so if there was a ragtag group of these four monsters, they would be called the Soulbusters. And he suggested that we write a campaign where the PCs, or the players, are all the Soulbusters gang, and the NPCs are trying to thwart them and run their day. So I, I dig that. I think that'd be a fun story. He said he's going to paint fan art, so when this episode drops, hopefully we have some fan art by then. Drops. Drops. 
Hopefully. Do we have a question for this episode? Okay. How would you uh, make did accommodations? It, 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 how would you make accommodation, accommodations for your characters who have um, different needs at the table? Whether it be they have hearing things. We've, we've played with other players who don't sign and they had a hearing loss. And it was just a matter of everyone turn taking when speaking and talking directly to them. And uh, this was um, one of Nick's games. I was at his table for one of his. Remember, he did a game at um, that store locally, too. Mm-hmm. One of his players that came in uh, had a hearing loss. And it was just we all had to make sure we kept eye contact with him in the face when we were talking to him. One person spoke at a time so they could hear everything clearly. Was I there for that? <clears throat> no. Okay. Then I do not recall That's it. why you don't know this story. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, or if someone has vision challenges or any other thing, how do you as DMs and as players... Uh, do your best to make accommodations. So you can contact us via Twitter at Sweet Tea and D&D. You can also check us out on Instagram where you can see our dungeon doodles and maybe a poll or question in that sometimes. Uh, uh, we'll also have our own website at sweettea.simplecast.fm. We look forward to hearing from you and have a good one. Bye! Bye.